This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Shelby Joe Long. I'm your host, and I run this podcast for a few reasons. I love making connections with people and having conversations about business and growth and how you scale, and I love getting into stories, but I really like to explore the process of a person, a business owner, turning their expertise into a business, into an income stream to inspire you to think about your expertise a little bit differently. And maybe there's a different place in the marketplace for it. And today I am honored to have Eric Levine on the podcast today to give us so much his story and what he's involved in, what he was involved in in the past and what his current current I guess ambitions are in his new industry and education is so exciting and inspiring. So Eric, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Thank you so much, Shelby, for having me and looking forward to answering your killer questions. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Should be a good time. Uh But can you give our audience an, an overview of your backgrounds? Uh, you have your background spans from Gold's Gym and the fitness industry. And can you just give us that 360 degree view of who you are and what your multiple business journeys have been? Sure, Shelby. How many hours do we have? <laughs> no kidding. We can go as long as you want. <laughs> I'll try to make it fun also. So <laughs> my first thing with entrepreneurship, I mean, I was four or five and I you know, I saw in the back of my sad sack comic book that if I sell seeds, seeds, enough seeds, I can get a football. So I said to my father, who was an entrepreneur, uh, what does this mean? He said, well, go, you, you, you order the seeds from the comic book and then go take your bicycle, get people to buy the seeds and you're going to end up with a football. I said, that is so easy. So I did it. We only had mail then. I mean, probably by stagecoach. <laughs> and I got the seeds, you know. And I said, Dad, so what do I do? He's packing. He helped me out. And I took my red tricycle with all the with the bells and all that, started ringing my bell right up to the door. Say, hi, I'm your neighbor. And my father told me that you're going to buy some seeds to help me start my business career. And he had written a little script for me and I, I modified it <laughs> and yeah. who's not going to buy a dollar's worth of seeds from a five-year-old kid on his tricycle when my father told me you're going to buy, you know, and if someone said, well, I'm not sure. I said, well, I have to go back and tell my father. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you had so, some good sales strategy, learning that. Very young. Yeah. You know, takeaway clothes. Uh, assumptive clothes into takeaway clothes into some tears and sympathy clothes. I knew everything by five and a half and uh, got my football, got a baseball mitt out of it. And I thought, okay, 
Then we, I enhanced my entrepreneurship. My brother was an entrepreneur at the time, and he created this gambling up, like a win or lose certain number, like a roulette machine mm-hmm. on the back of the skateboard. And we made a fortune going through the neighborhood until the parents demanded we gave the money back. But it, <laughs> it lasted for a while. So I, I always, you know, it was in my blood as a kid. And um, I'll tell you, I'll go sideways a little bit because it, it does mean a lot. Um, it's a funny story. So when I was 17 years old, at the time, women and men did not work out the same time. I worked for a chain of 12 clubs called um, like Vic Tannies, like Jack LaLanne. Monday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Friday were women. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday were men. And I got a job there, a really intensive training. My training from the head guy was, do you have uh, a light blue shirt? I said, I do. Do you have running shoes? I said, yes. It's okay, you're hired. So that was the extensive training I had. I didn't even know what I was supposed to do. So I got, I went there and I guess I had to show them exercise. And I took all the guests on tour and about three days into it, the manager comes down and says, can you take me on a tour? I says, sure, why? He says, everyone you took on a tour bought a membership. And a membership, I mean, we're talking 19, six, uh, 1972, was $1,000. Oh, wow. This was not like $9 a month now. Right. He says, everyone buys. I said, isn't that what you want? He says, yeah, what's, what's your technique? So it goes back to my tricycle. I made them, I listened to what they wanted, heard what they needed, and presented that. This is your place. Welcome to the club. Make a long story short, we had 12 locations. He promoted me to sales counselor, system manager, manager. I was manager of the head office. And I was making, to give you reference, Shelby, a brand new 427, 435 horsepower, Corvette was 5,000, okay? And I'm 17 and I'm making $3,000 a month. So I can get a Corvette every five weeks. That gives you how three days a week in an atmosphere that I love. So, you know, selling and all that is second nature to me. Listen and provide, take your ego out of it, really give them whatever in industry you're in. So I was brought up in Montreal. A simple formula that we hear and it, and it's intimidating, especially to newer entrepreneurs and especially to entrepreneurs of their own genius because it's putting a, a value on your genius and your expertise. And there's a lot, when a lot of the people I've worked with, it's been a challenge to actually do that and put that value on them to actually sell it to somebody else. It's, it's a challenge. Well, it goes along the lines of you must understand completely who your avatar is, mm-hmm. your ideal customer, not what you think. Okay. And I have many examples of me, you know, messing up on that because I thought, sure. you know, and you have to know who your customer is. Uh, not like a Bud Light, okay? Right. So for an example of the opposite of what I'm talking about, okay? 
You need to know who your customer is when you're spending money on branding and marketing, advertising. Absolutely. I'll get into that because I learned my branding in a very strange way. So uh, as I said, I can get a Corvette every five weeks. And someone told me to go and get, in the middle of winter, it's January in Montreal, snow 10 feet high, minus a million, to go get the Newsweek magazine. So okay, I'll get it tomorrow. It was already evening snow. Get it tonight. So I take my bulldog through this sleet, and on the cover of Newsweek magazine, beautiful like Christy Brickley lady throwing her hair back. The title was "The Geos of Club Med: The People That Work for Club Med, The True Gypsies of the World." I didn't know what. GM meant. It was a French word for nice organizer. I didn't know what Club Med was. And I read those 10 pages. And the last part said, and after all that party, the maids came the next morning, cleaned up. It was, it was, it was like a tuning fork pitched to my spirit. I stayed up all night, read, wrote my, you know, wrote my resume, BS'd it most of it. Sent it to Paris that night, and I got the job. And the job was I was an I was an actor putting on the shows at night, and so I'm in Montreal making over three thousand dollars a month. And now I have to go tell my father, Dad, I've got some interesting, great news. He said, "What's that?" And he had been telling everybody, all my family, how much money. I was making more than doctors and lawyers. Yeah. And uh, I said, I'm going to Martinique. He says, what's Martinique? I said, it's an island in the French West Indies. He says, oh, are you going on vacation? I said, no, I'm going to work there. He says, what do you mean you're going to work in Martinique? I said, yeah. Naturally, the next word, the next question, how much are you going to make? So Jewish father, so proud of his son, Living at home, $3,500 a month. Leaving home for Martinique. Uh, and I am making, I said, Dad, I'm making $60 a month. Oh, I bet he had quite a reaction with that. Well, he didn't react. Yeah. I think I put him into some sort of a trauma. He asked <laughs> me the same question again. How much are you going to make? I said it again, kind of like a dog when they hear a strange noise. And he kind of vaped by me. And I left that job to go to Martinique for $60 a month at Club Med. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is because this is where I learned about passion, value, overvalue, and understanding your customer and understanding branding. The commercial that they had at the time was a nice lady or man on the beach sipping a, a, a cool drink and hair back. Club Med, the antidote to civilization. 15 seconds, that's it. We had a three-star hotel room. Our shows were three stars at best. Sports three stars. Food three stars. Everyone at the parking lot when they were supposed to take the bus to go back home was hysterically crying. 
They weren't going home for anything. Doctors would leave their practice to stay on the scuba boat to be the scuba doctor. They're not going home. And it wasn't any of the things that I said. It was about the experience. We hit them in their feeling of that. That's so cool. We that one week or two, you know, we transformed them. They never expected that. Even though we had a good reputation, we touched their heart. And we were sold out, oversold every week. Every I worked there for four years, every week. And it was the same thing, whether I was in Sicily, south of France, Mexico, Tahiti, is every six months they sent us to a different place. And I learned about branding and I learned about hiring. When I went to New York, here's a crazy story. I went to my interview. There was a thousand people there and they were all beautiful. Models and the guys all had six, eight packs. They were just, yeah. And I got hired. And then as the entertainer, I had, and now I'm in Mexico, Cancun, Mexico. If you've ever been there, when I started, we were the only hotel on that beach. Now it's now there's brick to brick. Yeah. We were the only we were the first. So I had two, I had four musicians with me at all times, two trumpets and two of the big guitars. So after a long day of arrival, I would take my group and we were all dressed up in regalia, the big hats with the things, like we were proud. And I said to my group, we go and we play whatever song, but we never give up for the pride of Mexico. We play until we're finished. Well, the rooms were small, full concrete, and we didn't have locks on the doors. So we would enter quietly into the room, which was the bedroom. And I go, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, and east, west, north, and south. We would play this song while people were sleeping. And that was the beginning of the transformation of their, their, this week's going to be different. Yeah. What hired me, Shelby, was in that room, one of the rooms. So let's have breakfast tomorrow. He said to me, how many people do you think we hired on that weekend? I said, a thousand? I said, no. I said, how many? He said, you. One. I said, come on, me? Why me? Because I speak French? He says, no. And he said, you see that crazy sparkle in your eye? That's who we are. And I knew that the second I shook your hand. I didn't listen to anything. I didn't listen to any of the BS you told me after. I had already made up my mind. And I'm thinking, when I was in Club Med, we were 100 strong. We mm-hmm. had moments of fun. We all had that sparkle, that passion, that wildness, that craziness that was the DNA of what they wanted. And hiring right or hiring wrong in whatever industry you're in, it's one of the fundamentals of success or failure. And I watched everything. I watched. We were all the same and we all had, we were tireless because we were having so much fun at $60. I would have 
stayed there for anything. And I met people from all over the world, all different cultures. And I got my PhD in branding, watching everything that we did. And it was a million dollar education while having the greatest time of my life. So. Well, and I think that's, I think, you know, I think of your dad, right? Like, why are you leaving this well-paying job to go do this? But you're at a perfect age to do that. And that's such a great place to discover all those things. And I think that's, it's such an important thing too, especially as like new business owners, we think about brand and we think that brand is a logo and how, how things look on a website, but the brand is so much more than that. Cause it's about, it's about the feeling and it's about the emotion that's behind it. And it's about, it's about, that's how you create that loyalty and that thriving community. You know, the brand is so much more about the experience of it, as you stated, than it is just about the visual representation. Oh, right. That's so, an important lesson. The, so. the branding doesn't leave when you leave the gym. The branding is your, your how you're feeling about your life, remembering how crazy it was you opened up the door. and Like we didn't have Walkmans at the time. You know, Van Halen jump like you're in concert. And right. everybody, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you, Shelby. You look great. You haven't brought a friend in in a while, but nice to see you. I created my fitness world on the exact same escapism that Club Med. I hired the, the same style. We had the volume. I was so strict about branding that I would go to every club and I'd mark the volume. If I came to your club and your volume was lower, there was a problem. And I did all my own CDs with my DJs. You had to play those, nothing else. The TVs had to have FTV, fashion TV, sports, MTV, nothing else. We had a very strict code of who we were. And it doesn't matter what you do. As you said, Shelby, it's about the feeling that that brand represents. And it's everything. Branding is everything. So Eric, can you tell can you tell our audience your your experience with Gold's Gym and then how that went through just so they they have a reference point for how influential you were and are in that industry in Gold's Gym and many other gyms. So can you give us an overview of that so our audience has an idea? Thank you. I will. Um, I was an actor, I thought, starving actor, and I had gotten my this is an interesting universe you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza type of quantum physics. So uh, I got my first break. It's in Mardi Gras. Uh, it's a big shoot. I have a good role with Goldie Hawn that far back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. And we were rehearsing. It had been raining every day in L.A. at the time. And uh, my agent asked me to come to his office. And I said, hi, Percy, what's up? He said, Mardi Gras canceled. How? How? They went on strike the union, so it's off. So, okay, so where are we going to shoot? No, it's off. I had already spent all that money, trust me. I was so depressed, and I was standing there in Sunset Boulevard, and this beautiful Porsche Turbo went in front of me, and I was in front of a mud puddle, and it tsunamied me. 
So the, my, the tears and the mud and all of that, I just walked all the way down to Pacific Coast Highway and to my house in Venice Beach. And I said, I took off my boots. I lied on my bed. I said, okay, I get it. I'm not supposed to be an actor. What do you, I don't know anything else. What am I supposed to do? And I fell asleep and woke up in the morning and uh, went to Gold's Gym where I worked out every day in Venice. And I'm standing there at the time, men and women didn't work out. But the mm -hmm. women that did work out in Gold were very tough. You know, really tough, tougher than Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and this girl comes in that morning, very attractive girl, says, thinking I work there, will you train me to get in great shape? And I said, me here? I said, is this the crowd that you think you feel comfortable? She said, yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, got that cult feeling. Sure. And I said, would your friends feel the same way or you're just that way? So now my friends would come also. And it was the universe whispering in my ear. And I went immediately to the owner of Gold's Gym at the time. So I'd like to buy your name. I'll take it to Canada. Make a long story short, I bought the name for for Toronto when I, where I first started for $2,500. I sold over half a million dollars of T-shirts in my first year. And I opened up my first club. Then I opened up a second, third, whatever. And I opened up a chain of golds. And that's how my real fitness career started. Whatever you call it, karma, providence, being able to listen to the, your inner voice. Sure. See how synchro destiny, the first domino follows you being able to hear it. I've been doing meditation all my life, pretty used to hearing my in, my insides talking when it's right. And that was really the beginning. Genius. That's your intuition. And you followed it. That's, yeah. that's the core of being a genius entrepreneur. You followed what your core was telling you to do and you were guiding and you were, yeah, that was, yeah. And There's I, where I, it is. <laughs> that's why, that's why you're on this podcast. <laughs> and I created the Gold's Gym with the same feeling of Club Med. I made it the same escape. You open the door here, you're in a new world. And nobody knows your last name. You're not going to get a bill here. This is a place for you to look and feel the best you possibly can. That's how I started. And how, how, many, how many gyms then did you open? Well, I opened up six there and two in Santa Barbara, sold them. And then I joined my mentor who just passed away. He's 94 years old. Ray Wilson, and we opened up 72 locations called Family Fitness Centers in mm -hmm. mostly California, Nevada. And then we merged with 24-Hour Nautilus. Uh, Mark Mastro was the CEO, and we called ourselves 24-Hour Fitness. Mm -hmm. So I was a shareholder there, and I went to Asia, and I opened up my own chain, uh, California Fitness Centers, Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, Korea. China, Australia, Malaysia, everywhere. And we were the first fitness chain. They had, they had no, no idea about fitness at the time. Really? Yeah. And I, I was so bullish. I My first club 
on another $250 a month rent. And I my leadership style is always be the product. Okay, so I was in very great shape at the time. And I was so passionate about, I knew that we would change people's lives. Mm-hmm. Up to us, do what we say, 100%, you're going to look and feel better. You lived the brand for sure. And we were criticized for hard sell. I did a 60 minute, the biggest show in Asia called Managing Asia on CNBC. Biggest show. And she started off before she introduced me, you're Mr. Hard Sell. And I said, hi, I'm Eric Ovi. Nice to meet you. You know, I said, let me ask you a question, whatever her name was, Catherine. If there was a magic pill, that would make you healthy, happy, give you your dream body, would I have to sell that to you? Or you would accept that and eat that right away? There is no pill. This, you know, we're in the club. This is the magic pill. We make you feel good, better husband, better wife, better teacher, better son, better doctor, whatever it is. Why would we have to hard sell that? Of course. You know, you mistake our passion for hard sell. That's your mistake. We love what we do. We are what we say we are. And our members emulate exactly what we promise. So if that's hard sell to you, I don't believe that. And that's how we started. <laughs> it'll be it'll be so, and, and I'm going to have you talk about your new venture and getting into the education world too. But I think that all of those things are so important that especially with what's happening with the education industry and, and what's happening there. So, which is a new, new, I don't know if it's a new passion of yours, but it's one that's controlling the next move that you have. Can you talk about what's coming up for you in the next, I mean, it's happening now, but can you tell us about this new passion, new drive in the education community? Yeah, so I think there's some similar themes. Kind of there is, you know, I I quit school when I, in grade nine. So I don't have PhDs like you guys have, but I learned other ways. I have an 11-year-old son who's a gifted learner. And in LA, there's three gifted schools for all of Los Angeles. So, and I'm Canadian. I'm not left or right. I'm just a parent. Yeah, I I can't accept a lot of the stuff that I've been seeing in education here. And uh, around the world, investors are looking at, you know, they look at a whole, what's needed. So right now, private schools in America is a glamour stock. Two reasons why they make a lot of money, they're in need. And investors, most investors like to have a stake in the game of helping. Whatever, whatever their cause is, helping the kids, helping the environment, whatever. So Shelby and I, we're both in this group called Bellwether Alliance. It's we group, are, yes. Yeah, it's a group of entrepreneurs with a credo, which keeps us doing the fair, good thing. And in that group, I was approached by Dr. Julie Disharm and started talking. And she works with... Uh, the, uh, a while ago, there was a movie called Jerry Maguire starring Tom Cruise. Jerry Maguire was based on this gentleman called Lee Steinberg, who was the first 
big sports agent. Well, he still is huge. He has Patrick Mahomes, you know, Kansas City Super Bowl quarterback, etc. And he wants to put together this amazing school on 16 acres and next to this quarter of a billion dollar facility already there. And the theme is, it's a high school, the theme is the warrior athlete. Not that you have to be a great athlete, but what does it take to be a great athlete? Dedication, discipline, teamwork, losing properly, winning properly, how to make, how to change when you need to. So that entrepreneurship from day one, you learn about that penny and how it grows or doesn't grow. You start your own business in the first month. We're going to guide you all the way through graduation, how, how you did. And the, so entrepreneurship at the highest level. And those, yeah. those are the, you know, the whole discipline and, you know, all of those and performance, all of those things, all those qualities and high performing athletes and high performing athletics. It's, that shows up in entrepreneurship too. Got to be consistent. Got to have discipline. Got to be patient. Got to win well, lose well, communicate well. Anyway, sorry, just wanted to. No, you're 100% right. And the third element is being a whole person. So we have Mm -hmm. meditation, mandatory, yoga, mandatory. So when you come out of there, you have these qualities that you're ready for universe, you're ready for life. And so we're actually doing our first, it's called a, Regulation CF. It's a crowdfunding where anybody, you don't have to be accredited to invest in this. It's great. Great. It's called uh, the Lee Steinberg Sports Academy. It's mm-hmm. called Steinberg Sports Academy, SSA. You can Google it. It's on there. And I'll make sure the site is included on the show notes too. So people have access that's to great. it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And we're going online in September. Then we're building that school. For next September. And uh, it's, you know, I love the fitness world, still involved in it, but this is something that's really going to make a difference for children. As I said, I have an 11 year old boy. And uh, the thing is, we're going to be able to franchise this. We're going to get a proof of concept, make sure it's it's great. Then we're going to take it all over the world Singapore, Hong Kong, China, New York. It's a need. We're going to make it like a basket of robins. Your teacher will be trained at our training school. You'll have the curriculum. We'll design this the site for you and make it so that you just turn the key. That, I think, is going to really be a game changer. I'm sure it is. Absolutely. Well, and just to, to allow the access, and then, I mean, it's, the, it's how you scale. And you white label all those things. And then you have your process, as you know, talking about the brand and the consistency and the feeling and the experience, the proof of concept that you had in the gym world. It it's going to, it's going to be the same thing in the, in the education world too. September is not that far away though. So it's uh it's kind of down to the wire to getting yeah. at least your online stuff started, but I think it's all kind of aligned to begin. Yeah. And, um, you know, what I learned at Club Med or wherever I did on my tricycle, 
as entrepreneurs, it's lonely sometimes, you know? You're out there swinging for the fences and you're missing every ball and you forgot how to hit it sometimes. And you have to, at those times, go inside, be quiet, listen, still your mind. It'll The answers will bubble up for you. Maybe not at that minute. It'll show in another way. But entrepreneurs are a gorgeous group of people that have passion, belief. I love being around entrepreneurs. They just totally re-energize me. Absolutely. And I admire them in all fields. But what we learn really goes, it goes through any industry. And you have to be the best version of yourself to really hit it. So entrepreneurs, you have to take care of yourselves first. You have to have a morning routine. You have to stick to making the golden goose shiny. Because if you, many times in a startup, we do everything. Mm -hmm. We're doing everything. But you still have to take care of yourself first. That's the only way that a leader can truly lead when she or he feels, feels it. Yeah, team will see it. The world will see it. So there's no imposter syndrome. You've got to take care of yourself first and use that energy and power to re-energize your staff, your team, and your customers. doesn't matter what it is. Well, this is usually how I ask you to give advice to entrepreneurs, but I think that's the great piece of advice to walk away from. So many good nuggets from this conversation today about taking care of yourself, I love, there's so many good lessons about brand and discussion about brand and feeling and, and then even thinking about how to recreate that brand and recreate that feeling in another place, making sure things are consistent, making sure we're disciplined. All of those things are so important. So many important nuggets for our listeners out there. I hope so. Erica, one, one final question for you. When you know, you you trust your you trusted your intuition a few times in your life to take you in certain directions. Was there did did you have a mentor that helped you discover that, or was it something that just happened through experience? What what was the the light bulb moment? How did that happen for you? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, so that's a great question. Later on, I had a business mentor, Ray Wilson, who I had mentioned. Also, but when I was 13, my cousin, who was about 22, he was a hippie. He was all the way out there. He threw a book. He said, read this book. And I remember it completely. It was called Concentration by a Yogi named Muni Sadhu. And in it, it talked about mantra, talked about chakras. It talked about energy. It talked about the supernatural, harnessing your energy focusing it to make a difference. And at 13, I gained some supernatural powers from that book and freaked my mother out more than once. And that was the start of of my journey in the spiritual. Uh, I ran away to India a year later with my bar mitzvah money looking for a guru. So I've always been aware of the silence and the power 
of meditation. So that's where it started. I realized the magic on my own with direct experience. And I've never walked away from that. Sometimes more into it than others. But it's it's, it's really an important part of my life. So whatever it is for you entrepreneurs out there that gets you to that spot, it can be running, it can be swimming, it can be tennis, it can be gardening. As long as you're in the flow of the moment where you can reach yourself, those are the golden nuggets that will come to you in, in your exact moment of space-time. Well, that is an excellent piece of advice. And interesting, I just, uh, just as a final side note, um, I just ran a half marathon a couple of weeks ago and I'm not a runner at all. Um, I'm not very fast. I'm not fast at all. I'm like, I'm a 12 minute mile kind of girl and, uh, it, you know, and I'm also tall. And so anyway, there's no excuse, but I just never have been a runner, not much of an athlete. I was more of the debate coach kind of person, but I did discover on, especially on those long runs that that's the time for meditation. And that's when I got some ideas and it's, it's amazing the the synergy that's created in that. I think there's, there's a ton of power in that. So that's a good reminder to have and a good piece of advice since you've had so many successful pursuits. There is that's a good piece of advice to follow. That's great. Shelby. One other thing um, I'm sure you've all heard of Deepak Chopra. He had a course called Synchro Destiny. And as entrepreneurs, I want you to think about dominoes. So when the momentum comes, each domino will continue. There's no effort needed. But the first domino, first domino has to come from inside of you. Mm-hmm. You have to knock over that first domino. That's the world of entrepreneurship. That is a great place to end the interview because it's a great piece of advice. Knock over that first domino and then all that momentum is going to follow. Oh, Eric, this was such a treat to hear your stories and to talk about your journey and all these great nuggets to, uh, for our genius entrepreneurs out there that are curious about starting a business out of their passion. Uh, So many good pieces of advice. Thank you so much for giving me some time today. Appreciate the time. And I'll be sure all your all the site, your LinkedIn stuff and all your website is included so we can have information about the SSA. But I I so much appreciate your experience and uh, your your eloquent ability to inspire all of us to take those next steps. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Shelby. And for all of you listeners out there, if you loved hearing stories like this and hearing inspirational thoughts from the genius entrepreneurs out there that have shown that success, subscribe to the channel, Genius Entrepreneur Podcast, and also just come back and listen. I'm always here to help move your business to the next level. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.